Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Well, let's get things started. For those of you who don't know me, my name is April Smith. My husband, Tim, and our son, Eli, have been attending Propel Church for about five years. And for the past few years, I've had the privilege of serving on the Propel Kids team. I also assist with Discover. If you don't know what that is, it's a course that we offer monthly where you learn about your giftings and how God uniquely made you. I also serve on the guest experience team whenever there's a need. If you haven't figured it out yet, I kind of love to serve. (laughs) And can I tell you, when I got the email saying that I was going to get to speak this morning, I literally responded within five minutes saying that I am so excited and honored to speak on this this morning. So if y'all are ready, let me hear you shout, ready? Ready. (laughs) All right, not bad. Just keep that up during the experience. I like it. (laughs) So I want to share with you guys something that I heard on the radio a few weeks ago. It was about a church that decided to close its doors, sell the building, and move everything online. Now, I absolutely love our online family here at Propel, but it just made me so sad thinking about what my life would look like if we decided to shut the doors and never meet in person again. All the kids I'd never see, all the new faces and discover, and just welcoming everyone as they came into the church, all of that would be gone. So hearing this on the radio really put things into perspective and helped me with what I'm going to share with you this morning. So how has serving impacted me? When I sat down to write this, I thought about what my life looked like before Propel Church and before living that motto, you don't have to, you get to. And to be honest, before Propel, church was more of a have to go to church, maybe one or two Sundays a month, and serving Well, that was pretty much non-existent. But something changed when I walked through those doors here. You see, because there were people serving, I was welcomed. And I could just feel the passion and love that those serving had just radiate off of them. And I wanted that too. I longed to have a longer or closer relationship with God, but I couldn't see past my own insecurities just to take that next step. But God knew my desire because guess what? That was his desire for me too. And one Sunday, he made it happen. There was a need, a future need in the kids' area, and without hesitation, I was like, sign me up, which is not like me at all. But I did it. You see, God was moving in me that day, because before, I thought to serve, you had to be a Christian more advanced than me, you had to have your life together, and you probably read the Bible front to back multiple times and could quote scripture like it wasn't anything. But you know what? Anyone who knows God in their heart can make a difference through serving. Yeah, anybody that has God in their heart, y'all, you can make an impact when you serve. And it's funny, God moved in me a couple months ago again. It was during an experience where they were talking about upcoming Discover, and God was like, excuse me, so I'm gonna need you to serve there too. And I was like, okay. So long story short, that's how I got into serving into Discover. And God put me in those situations where I was honestly a little uncomfortable at first, but he doesn't put us in places without reason. You see, when we have pressure and stress, that's when God grows us and is using us for his good. I'm going to share with you this verse from James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 
You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. By listening to God and taking that next step, he's taken away some of those insecurities. And I've learned to love myself just as he loves me. Because when we love who God created us to be, it frees us to do all that he's calling us to do. I'm gonna say it again. When we love who God created us to be, it frees us to do all that he's calling us to do. And he calls us to serve, whether it's in kids, production, worship, or somewhere else. We're all called to serve. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of, us, ahead of time for us to do. By serving, we're honoring him and doing those good works. And I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the Lord's chicken for just a second. You know how they say, it's my pleasure to serve you? I feel the exact same way when I get to serve. I could seriously serve every Sunday because I love connecting with people, making a difference, and seeing God work in their lives. For those of you that don't have kids, you might have never seen me since I do spend a majority of my time back in the kids area. And I know you might wonder why in my right mind would I choose to serve in kids? It's not fun. And you're right. It's not just fun. It's a blessing. You see, I'm blessed every time when those kids grow in their relationship, when they learn another miracle that Jesus performed. I don't have to. I get to pour into their hearts and help them build that foundation while keeping God at the center of it all. So if you've ever thought about serving, now is the time. I promise y'all, you will not regret it because I sure don't. God has equipped each of us with what we need to serve. And I can't wait to see how he's gonna work in you and grow you just like he has me. Thanks guys. Well, good morning. My name is Joel Armand, and I have the pleasure of serving on the Propel guest team. Um, my beautiful wife, Mary, and my uh, son, Harrison, both serve here at Propel as well. Um, she's the beautiful smile that you got coffee from this morning. <laughs> and, uh, and my son, Harrison, he works in production from time to time, but he was actually handing out Connect cards today. Uh, we got two more kids, uh, Her- uh, Marshall and Gracie, who are in kids right now. Uh, but if you're here for the end of the second experience, they will be the two dancing in the lobby after everything is done with. Uh, we are here almost every Sunday in one capacity or another, and I want to talk to you a little bit about how serving has affected me. Sunday mornings, my wife and I, we get out of bed, some ready to get up. We whistle and sing as our children come downstairs with perfect hair and clean faces. <laughs> or that's how I wish it happened. <laughs> It's cold in the morning now, and, um, you know, it's a little hard to get out of bed. My bed is nice and warm in the morning. Um, You know, sometimes I get get behind me, Satan, when the bed's calling me back in. Uh, I am now at the stage of my life, too, where the best thing I I think about when I wake up in the morning is getting back into bed at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, so sometimes the act of getting up is very hard to accomplish. The kids are in no hurry to get ready. Daddy's in no hurry to get ready, but they're eager to get to church. So we keep going, and we finally make it out the door. That was very true this morning as well, by the way. 
a while back before we even moved here, when we were still living in San Antonio, my wife and I decided that, you know, we needed to serve somewhere. We needed to start serving because that's what the Lord asked of us. It was good for us. We didn't know where to begin or how to start, and somehow we fumbled our way into teaching Sunday school. We had a, a nicer, a great older couple that kind of took us under their wings and kind of showed us the ropes. It was a start, but it wasn't easy. And when we moved back to North Carolina, and we decided we should still serve in a church somewhere. So when we decided to make Propel our home church, we decided we should serve. And once again, we didn't know where to start. We didn't know how to get going, but we found the Discover class and started helping wherever they needed us. We do it to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ because that's what's asked of us. Not only does Christ himself give us the example when he washes the disciples' feet, but also in Mark 10, 45, we read, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So if the Son of Man can wash feet, I can start helping out at church. Which brings me to my first point. We serve because he served us. Serving is an act of worship. We worship God by doing what he asks. In Matthew, the Lord says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus came as a servant because he loved the Father, and the Father loved him, and the Father loves us. We are united with God in serving because he stands with us. In Corinthians, we read, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and you are God's building. We serve because it helps the body of Christ. We all serve in different capacities. Some speak every week. Some preach the gospel in far-off countries. Some preach the gospel to the children. Some of us preach the gospel by using welcoming and encouragement or just say, I'm glad to see you here. In Ephesians, we read, it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But do it however the Father asks it of you because you love him. Which brings me to my second point. We serve because we love him. I used to work out. Used to. And it was always something that I was glad I did versus wish I had done. Now I'm in the camp of wish I had or had kept going when it comes to that. But serving is one of those things I had always wanted to do and wished I had. And now it's something that I am glad that I did. It's not always easy. And sometimes you're confused on how to start. But you can start small. You can serve your wife or your husband, serve your mom or your dad or your children or your neighbor. But whatever you do, make a dedicated effort to serve. And by doing so, you serve the Lord. And just like exercise, how your clothes start to fit better and you can do a little bit more around the house, eating better can take away inflammation or that little bit of heartburn. It's just like that with serving. Serving, especially with fellow believers, changes you. It has changed me. It changes the things that I think are important. It has helped me be a better father because I know that I'm being a good example to my children. It makes me a better husband because it helps me keep focused on the things that are important to our marriage. I know that if we hadn't been serving, especially when COVID locked everything down in 2020, I would have pulled back. That's my normal status. I would have pulled back from church and I would have pulled back from community. 
And eventually spending time with God would have been lower and lower on my list. So help serving helps me keep focused on the things that I want to choose to be focused on. Which leads me to my final point. Serve to benefit yourself. So there it is. That's why I serve. It keeps me grounded and focused and mostly on the things that I want to be focused on. Of becoming the man that I want to be and my family to be proud of. It helps me to want to push out those things that are not of God. The Bible talks of helping the church preach the gospel and helping our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is our duty as Christians. So we do it. Mary and I have been saying lately, well, do we believe it or do we not? If we believe it, then we should do it. That way, at the end of the days, I can say, I'm glad we did it instead of I wish I had. So start today in whatever capacity the Lord shows you. If it's here at home or on the other side of the world, serve God. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Allie Pickett, and I serve here as the executive director of Propel. What does that mean? Um, so that means that 95% of the things I do, none of you ever see. So a lot of people ask me, well, if nobody sees you do it, why do you do it? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Serving is selfish. And it's not selfish like the world sees selfish or how most people think of it. There is no glory in what I do. Most of you didn't even know I do it. <laughs> there's no money in what I do. I don't get paid. There's no accolades. There's no bonuses. There's no fancy anything. But it's selfish in a way that that's how I get what's best for my life. So what I want to show you this morning is two ways serving can get you what's best for your life. The first way is when you serve God through tithing. So I'm going to take us to a verse in Luke 6:38 this morning. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount you give back. So I didn't tithe for years. I was a person who... If you spoke really well on a Sunday morning, I'm dropping $20 in the offering plate. And if you didn't speak well, you get nothing. And then about six years ago, I was challenged to start tithing. And God laid it on my heart, you should do this. And so I did, and I started tithing and put it on a schedule and did it every week. And it sounds easy, but there are times when it gets tough. And this past year... Not one, but two of my children decided that they needed surgery in the same year, which meant that's two deductibles, not just one I've got to cover. And there was a point in June where, I mean, the bills were just piling in. I was like, man, if I just took my tithe money, I could pay this off a lot faster. And God said, no, don't do it. Instead, you should actually tithe more. And after I choked, <laughs> I did it. But what I learned was when I continued to give back, he poured out that blessing. And three months later, God blessed me in ways I didn't even understand. And at the end of the year, I was able to take all my kids on vacation to Universal, which I wouldn't have been able to do six months ago. 
through that blessing. That's how we get what's best for our life, when we serve God. And the second thing I want to tell you is that when you serve God through your time, that's how you get what's best. There's a verse, a story in Mark 6 where it talks about how Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish and was able to feed 5,000 men and children. 5,000, first off, 5,000 men by law averages, that's 20,000 people, okay? That's a lot of people that he fed. But I want to go back and read part of this verse that really stands out to me that I think we skip over. So beforehand, Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go by to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Now I want to go back for a second. Jesus said, go and find out. You got 12 disciples and 20,000 people. How long do you think it took them to go and find out? You take this thousand and I'm going to take this thousand. You're going to take this thousand. Like, it took a hot minute. It took time to make that happen. So there was a time before we were in this building, we were in the high school, and we came in every Sunday morning, and we completely set up the entire place and transformed it into a church, and that took some time, some early mornings and a lot of setup, but it was in these moments that I was serving, setting up kids, and my children came with me at the time, because if I get up early, you're getting up early. And my son was sitting through the run-through where we rehearsed what's going to happen in the experience that day. And he came to me afterwards and he said, Mom, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. When? In the run-through. <laughs> there was a moment where I was taking the time to do the mundane things, to ask people how much they needed, to see what was going on. But it was when I took the time to serve that the miracle was able to happen. And that's exactly what happens later in Mark 6. The miracle happened because the disciples took the time to go and ask all the people. That's how they were able to experience it and get what was best for their lives was the miracles through their time. When we take the time to tithe, when we take the time to serve, that's how we get what's best for our lives. And I pray you take that time and get what's best for your life. Thank you. Can we get up for Allie one more time? Yeah. Whoever came up with this order didn't do me any favors. I'm not sure how I can follow that. <laughs> uh, my name is Jimmy. I have the honor and privilege of serving here on the worship and production team. Um, you may have seen me on stage before shredding a bass. Um, if I'm not back here, I'm usually in the sound booth. Um, I have a very lucky wife named Courtney, <laughs> and we have two very well-behaved and well-mannered children. <laughs> See, y'all know. <laughs> Before I get started today, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Pastor Nick and Tori for giving me this chance to share this word with you. Thank you. 
So I'm here to talk to you about how serving has impacted me. Serving has given me a front row seat to the miracle. I used to be the person who would come to church on Sunday, and I'd usually come in midway through the third song, sit on the back row, and I would jet out the door before announcement started just so I could beat the Sunday crowd to Pancho Villa's. <laughs> it wasn't until I started serving here and I got plugged into a team that I found true fulfillment. I'd like to share with you a story today in John about Jesus' first miracle. You may have heard and been taught that him turning water into wine was his first miracle, but I'm here to tell you why that's not true. So if we can pull up John verse, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, They don't have any wine. What has this concern of yours to do with me, woman? Jesus asked. My hour has not yet come. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but if I said this to my mom, it'd be possible I'd walk away from that conversation with a black eye. <laughs> Most of y'all know my mom and have seen her. You know she's five foot nothing, but if I backtalked her like that, it probably wouldn't be pretty. But so the fact that Jesus made it out of that conversation with all his teeth is probably his first miracle. <laughs> If we can look back at the scripture, we can see a problem has arose. Jesus and his disciples are at a wedding, and they ran out of wine. You may be wondering, why doesn't Jesus just send Peter to Food Line so he can pick up a few boxes of wine? <laughs> well, believe it or not, they didn't have Food Lines back then, as far as I know. So let's continue reading see how Jesus handled the situation. In verses 6 and 7, Now six stone water jars have been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. This brings me to my first point. When we serve, we fill the jars. Jesus could have just as easily made the wine appear. But he chose to let the servants at the wedding not only witness the miracle, but play a part in it. That is the, excuse me, um, a serving in a church today is the equivalent of filling jars back then. You could serve in the parking lot. You know, there's a reason we have the most handsome fellas in the church in the parking lot, like Hayden Carroll and Ron Newman, because they're the first people that you see. Now, if you're not as handsome as they are, join the club. I'm not either, but I'm sure they would still love to have you serve with them. You could serve on production. You know, there's someone in a room back there making these words appear on the screen. Uh, Becca, you're doing awesome, by the way. Or if you wanted to serve with the real heroes of Propel Church, you could serve with kids. The reason I call them the heroes is because if you've ever had to watch church online with two well-behaved children <laughs> running around the room, you know that why they're the heroes. <laughs> there are many opportunities here. I don't I only have two minutes left, so I don't have time to go through all of them, but there's many areas you can serve, and plenty of opportunities to fill some jars. So if we can continue reading, we're going to read verse 9. This is my key verse. When the head waiter tasted the water after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. This brings me to my next point. You will miss the miracle if you're sitting and not serving. I'm going to say that again in case you didn't hear me. You will miss the miracle if you're sitting and not serving. The guest at this wedding had no idea a miracle had even occurred. Much like if you just come here on Sunday, like I used to, and just sit on the back row and just come just to 
check it off the list, you'll never know what all is happening around you. The servants in this story got to see, not only see, but they also got to play a part in this miracle. We have the same opportunity today here. It's easy to think that by serving, you're just filling a role in the church. But it's a lot more than just that. We get the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I've seen close friends break free from addiction. I've seen marriages restored. And I've seen sicknesses supernaturally healed. I never would have gotten the opportunity to see that if I continued to sit in the back instead of serving. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's give it up for Jimmy. Let's keep it going for everybody else up here today who has done an amazing, amazing job communicating. And I get to keep the train rolling. No pressure. All right, so my name is Ryan Tartamella, and I am honored and privileged to get to serve here on the guest experience team. And I'm going to talk to us today about how serving has taught me stewardship, specifically stewardship of time talents, and one another. Turn to somebody next to you and say, time, talents, one another. Nine o'clock, had you guys be a little bit. I'm just going to let you know. There's still time. So first, we're going to talk about stewardship of time. So imagine this. Tomorrow, I'm going to give each and every one of you $86,400. But there's a catch. At the end of the day, I'm going to take it all back. Whatever you didn't spend, I'm I'm, I'm going to take it back. It's mine. Okay? So... Our time is no different. Each day, God gives us 86,400 seconds to work with. And if we don't utilize that, when we wake up the next day, it's gone. Now, it's a lot of time or it's a lot of money, depending on how you're looking at it. And you're right, it is, but it's finite. We don't know how much we have. And it runs out every single day. So I ask, are we using that time the best we possibly can? God values time so highly Proverbs 18.9, one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. That is direct. (laughs) So here at Propel, I've been given the opportunity to steward a portion of my 86,400 seconds to serve God by serving others and to further God's kingdom. And I know that that is time well spent because time in God's hands aligned with God's purpose, is a wise investment. So next we're going to talk about talents, stewardship of talents. We all have talents that have been given to us by God. We've heard this preached before. We've heard it preached here, and it's true. But it is important that we understand that this places a sole accountability on us to find out what those talents are and to utilize them to bring people to Jesus. 1 Peter 4.10 Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So if you've been here for any length of time, you know how much Propel Church values this concept as well. It's a wonderful course called Discover. If you don't know what it is, please check out Next Steps on your way out. We can talk through it. But it is a a wonderful course that we've dedicated time and people and effort and money to to help you guys discover what your talents are and how to best apply them to bring people to Jesus here at Propel and outside of Propel for that matter. And if if I didn't take the class, I certainly wouldn't be standing here with you guys. Because talent in God's hands, aligned with God's purpose, is a wise investment. 
So lastly, we're going to talk about stewardship of one another. And this is important because we're talking about God's treasure, his people, right? We are accountable for our husbands, our wives, our friends, our coworkers, everyone that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. And, and that is a daunting task. Yeah. It was not in the job description. <laughs> it gets worse. That means you are responsible for me. And if you didn't laugh nervously there, you underestimate my ability to screw things up. Now, there's hope here, right? Because it doesn't mean that you're responsible for the decisions that I make and the life choices that I make. It means that you're responsible for holding me accountable. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Are you iron for somebody else? 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another to build one another up. Are you encouragement for other people? Luke 17.3, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Are you slow to anger and quick to forgive? I love all three of these verses because they highlight a common theme. They highlight that forgiveness comes when we admit it to God, but change comes when we admit it to one another. I believe some of you in here think that it's your job to save people. It's not. It's not your job to save people. It's your job to be an ambassador of Christ. It's your job to communicate the message. And it's your job to demonstrate how to live justly. God will take care of the rest. And through serving here at Propel, I get to surround myself with people who hold me accountable. People who are good stewards of their brother in Christ. And I get the opportunity to do the exact same with them. God considers us to be these Christian managers. And our workplace is here on earth. And just like my earthly employer expects that I'm a good steward in all that they give me, our heavenly manager expects the same thing. Because Romans 14, 12 tells us, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. God expects that I'm going to manage my time. Why? Because it's finite. He expects that I'm going to manage my talents. Why? Because we're all here with a purpose, for a purpose. And he expects that I'm going to manage my people. Why? Because they're his biggest treasure made in his image. And I don't know what that means to you, but to me, guys, that means that time, talent, and people in God's hands aligned with God's purpose is a wise investment. So when we bring more areas of our lives under Christ's control, our ability to steward, it gets easier. But submission to God's authority is key for this to take place. Accepting Jesus is the first step in doing it. Asking Jesus into our lives, giving up complete control, and giving back to God what he has entrusted us with, this is the framework to becoming a good steward. So some of us in here today need to have that conversation. If this sounds like you, if you're someone who needs to say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore, then I encourage you right now to delegate and ask Jesus into your heart because he's the best coworker you're ever gonna have. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, 
this sounds like you, if you need to ask Jesus in your heart right now to be a partner, to be a steward with you, would you just raise your hand for me and let me know? Church, we don't pray alone. We pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in and we hope to see you again soon.